and welcome to this Endo Life, episode number 133. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an Endo Warrior, an Endo Health Coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with Endo. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils and their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community they're getting loads of feedback about it and you know if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them i don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top which is um what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing so um i would love to do that but um I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk. And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So if some of your endo symptoms include the endo belly, fatigue or brain fog, or weird symptoms like swelling, puffiness, rashes, or a skin condition like eczema or rosacea, this episode is going to be really interesting for you because you may not be dealing with endo alone. In fact, you might be dealing with SIBO, candida, or histamine intolerance. So I've only ever done one other client story, and that's my um, interview with Joe that I did a couple of months ago. So you can have a listen to that if, if you're interested. But judging by the number of downloads that Joe's episode got, I'm assuming you guys found it helpful and interesting. So I thought I'd share another. And this is Sophie's story of treating SIBO, candida, and histamine intolerance whilst also living with endo. And I wanted to share Sophie's story because her case is complex and her healing path hasn't been linear. She's still healing now. And so for those of you who are struggling right now or feel overwhelmed by the idea of taking on SIBO or candida or histamine intolerance, I think you'll find Sophie's experience, her hope, her patience and her perseverance really inspiring. So Sophie came to me. I just want to give you guys a bit of context because the interview is quite short. Um, because I had originally designed this to be a series of interviews together in one long episode. But in the end, I only did two interviews, so I've separated them. So I just want to give you, you some context. Sophie came to me with endo, but this wasn't really the predominant reason she came to me. She had the symptoms of endo were painful sex, um, but she also had bloating and histamine reactions. And we quickly discovered that severe SIBO was at the root of most of her issues. The painful sex we also addressed with pelvic floor, physiotherapy and other strategies, but it was the SIBO that we were really kind of focusing on. And so Sophie began her treatment very early on into our coaching. And her treatment was a great success. 
she was negative for hydrogen and methane by the end of it. And she was both uh, high for both of them. Yet she was still having some bloating symptoms and histamine symptoms. Her test results following the treatment showed a flat line, which you guys, if you've listened to my episode before, uh, my episodes on SIBO before, indicates that hydrogen sulfide might be present. So the question was, how, like, did the elemental diet really just wipe everything out so there was like no natural rise of hydrogen in the third hour, which is what we would normally see even on a negative test? Or was hydrogen sulfide at play? And so in the UK, we don't have testing for hydrogen sulfide. So deciding whether to treat that is down to the presence of hydrogen sulfide symptoms, which Sophie definitely had. And if you get a flat line, you know, you're, you're lucky to get that. That doesn't really happen in most people. So we actually consulted Dr. Alison Seebecker, um, who agreed that it was a tough one to call, but suggested we consider trying some hydrogen sulfide treatment, see whether it helped. And so what we observed from this treatment was severe die-off, which is an inflammatory reaction that occurs when bacteria or fungus or viruses die, and it can cause a flare-up of your symptoms, your SIBO symptoms. So that's what she had. So something was definitely dying, but it was a struggle for Sophie to continue through with through it with the symptoms. So we added in die-off strategies and we tried a number of different treatments. But even after treatment, some of her symptoms still persisted. Now, of course, because we can't test for hydrogen sulfide, we don't know whether it's gone, right? We don't know whether it had it, it had gone. So we sought out a nutritionist specialized in gut health in her area, like in her local area, to do some further testing. And they discovered severe gut dysbiosis, which is definitely expected with SIBO and following treatment as well, because treatment will affect your, your gut health, your microbiome, as well as candida, which is yeast overgrowth. And both of these can cause bloating and worsen histamine reactions. And she's also spent several years exposed to mold including black mold. So what she's doing now is she's working with a nutritionist on a specific mold protocol whilst also rebuilding her gut and continuing with the physiotherapy, the visceral manipulation and the practices that we established during our time together. And she's also investigating the root cause of her SIBO so she can do her best to prevent relapse of the other, you know, the two that we have managed to eradicate, the methane and the hydrogen. Sophie's journey is a complex one and a long one, but she's made huge improvement along the way and of course was able to eradicate the methane and the hydrogen um, in her first treatment round, which was amazing. And she feels empowered and hopeful and relieved that she's finally getting to the root cause of her symptoms. So I really hope that you find this episode helpful if you are also experiencing the same challenges and you're just feeling a little bit worn down at the moment. I really hope that Sophie's journey and her words bring you some hope um, and some light at the end of the tunnel. So here she is. When we met, what would you say were your biggest challenges and symptoms? Yeah, so um, I think that for me, bloating was the biggest symptom that I had um, and have had for for many years. Um, And that that was every day and that was, you know, got more so throughout the day I was waking up bloated and that for me was was the biggest struggle um yeah. but at the time I also was reacting to 
histamine, which I didn't know um, what it was. And I actually only found out what it was from following you online and you posted histamine. And I thought, okay, I'll have a look into that. That sounds a little bit like what I've got. So for me, it was the bloating and also the the reactions to histamine um, because I had swollen eyelids. I'd get eczema around my eyes and down on my neck. So they were the the two main kind of symptoms that, that I had at the time. Yeah. And in terms of like your endo, you hadn't had like too much in terms of painful periods. It was more like painful sex for you um, and Mm. issues like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I've been, you know, speaking to you and reading about other people's cases with with endo. I have been maybe on the luckier side with my symptoms. Um, And for me, the, the reason I knew I had endometriosis or went to the doctors to find out that I had endometriosis was because of the painful sex. Um, mm. So it, it's been a lot better in recent years, but um, it, still, it still is there. And I think I was just trying to, I suppose, wanting to cure my bloating and those issues, but also at the same time actually thinking about my health and in regards to endometriosis. Um, yeah. Because you know I'm getting older, I'm you know 30, thinking about having kids in the next few years, and I just wanted to have a look at my health as a whole, I suppose. And that's when I found found you, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I think what we quite soon discovered, you know, we did this testing that actually you had a lot of gut health issues, mm. and they were the root of your inflammation, and of course, like pelvic floor issues which yeah. you're you're doing work around at the moment and getting visceral manipulation and stuff but um almost I think we get really stuck into thinking like oh, it's just the lesions mm. and they're the problem and but actually you know gut health can be the root of inflammation and then like with like pain during sex the gut health issues will certainly you know have been affecting that but then on top of that mm-hmm pelvic floor visceral manipulation like um, adhesions and stuff so what for you were the big because you're still going through you know your all of your treatment at the moment but so far what has been your kind of biggest wins and outcomes like what has Mm. worked well for you yeah, I think quite near the beginning when I spoke to you and you said, you know, it sounds like you've got histamine intolerance, knowing what that was and then being able to, to kind of um, mm. reduce those symptoms. And then the second thing was actually realising a lot of my gut issues were down to SIBO, um, only having read about it online and not really knowing what it was or trying to figure out for myself. Um, that was a massive relief and I suppose a massive win to be like okay that's one of the reasons why I've been experiencing what I've been experiencing um and I just think that it's you know it has been a journey I'm still on that journey um and you know getting kind of small wins along the way and each win is you know working towards being optimum optimum health which I think is really important so you know there's been a lot of things that we have found out together and you know a lot of knowledge that you've given me on certain things so that you know I can also go away on my on my own and work on those work on those problems um and you know with with the endometriosis I'm pretty sure it's still there obviously I haven't had a recent um uh, kind of test or anything to see if it is but um it's something that I know um, it's you know it's the back of my mind and something that I know I can treat with certain kind of 
advice that you gave me. Mm. Um, so again, that was another win, um, just finding out more information from you about how to, um, you know, keep information down, you know, blood sugar spikes, you know, how to treat yeah. people's sex, all those things, you know, were definitely, were definitely wins, yeah. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes. This episode is sponsored by my new free download, Natural Pain Relief Toolkit for Endometriosis. This four-page guide includes herbal remedies and teas that are in your cupboards already, safe pain relieving supplements, essential oils for self-massage, and much more. There's a method for everyone, whatever your taste and your budget. Some of the options literally range from 40p to £10, so there is a range of things to support you. And the chances are that you're going to have some of these in your house already. So I'm hoping that this is a really accessible toolkit for you to get started. You know how I work. I like to make changes from our foundations of health, you know, nutrition, lifestyle. It's not about slapping on a load of like pain relief and supplements um, and kind of masking the symptoms. But Sometimes we need a bit of help to get out the pain so we can actually begin to make some changes and feel better. And these are the strategies that I use with my clients when they're stuck in the in a rut. They don't have the energy um, and they're having too much pain to actually be able to take the first step forward. So we just want to ease those symptoms, get them out of pain so we can begin this coaching journey together. So I'm hoping that if you're at this moment struggling to see the woods for the trees and get through some of your current pain that these methods are going to help you. To get your copy, go to the link in my show notes or just go directly to my website and the link is on the homepage. And what would you say like strategy wise, because we, we obviously took on just to give like the listeners some context we started addressing your SIBO pretty early on Mm -hmm. because that was like the predominant symptom that you you were coming to me with so obviously we looked at nutrition and getting your histamine reactions down and then we started um going through the treatment together what felt like what strategies have you used so far that you kind of responded well too because obviously I I really remember you being like oh I could wear like tight jeans down the road and like you know and and tops that you liked which was a really big thing for you in terms of confidence yeah massively so I think that yeah we started out by me doing the the elemental diet um it kind of went kind of uh full force and went for it to try and treat the SIBO and it was around that time that um yeah I said to you that I was feeling good because a pair of trousers that, you know, I'd wanted to wear for a while, I felt like I could, you know, they're high-waisted at times, you know, they dig in or you feel like you need to undo the, all of the buttons and wear a big baggy top over the, over the top, you know, and I didn't, I didn't need to do that for a period of time. And so I knew yeah. that I could get to that stage and that, yeah. you know, it, it didn't last for long because we still needed to carry on treat the SIBO like we discussed. But for me, that 
that was amazing and that felt you know normal um and that i knew i could get to that point um mm. so 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 that was that was amazing to to have that feeling and knowing that that you know the stuff i was doing was working as well because yeah. you do commit a lot of you know money time and just your energy into things that might not necessarily work for you because everybody's so different um but it was definitely it was definitely um uh, a relief <laughs> to to see some improvement i think yeah yeah and how have you found visceral manipulation so far yeah so i have i've had ha i've had two maybe three sessions um and the lady i was working with was kind of looking at um i suppose my body as a whole rather than working strictly on potential adhesions that are there yeah um so i think that it's still maybe early days for that because i haven't got to the root cause um right. and she she wasn't sure if the adhesions were necessary the root cause i'm not sure she found any so mm -hmm. i'm yeah i think it's maybe still early days with with that yeah okay cool so obviously your process is a longer one and I think that's for I think had you come to me presenting more with the endometriosis symptoms mm -hmm. we could have then looked at the SIBO almost secondary um, and gotten you strong enough with the endo symptoms and then taken on the SIBO and that's like how most people come to me but mm -hmm. you mainly came with those SIBO symptoms so I want to reassure people that you can really get some incredible results with the endo specific kind of changes but then when it comes to the SIBO or the gut health they can take longer so yeah. for anyone who's thinking that you might fall into this you might also have SIBO it doesn't mean that you're not going to have relief from your endo symptoms until your SIBO's fixed but the SIBO journey might take longer so for anyone who does have SIBO or is getting a test done or is thinking about getting tested do you have any advice or like any thoughts on the journey that might help them yeah I think firstly um unfortunately you know these things don't heal quickly um which you know, at the time I was thinking oh within three months I'll probably be better and everything will be cured and that was a very naive way of thinking of things because you know our bodies are incredibly complex and everybody's you know individual cases incredibly complex but i think kind of knowing at the start that this is will be a journey and it may be a bit longer than you may have expected mm -hmm. um to be really open-minded as well with different treatments and different options even if you think you know that might not work for you or doesn't sound like it might work for you just be really open-minded um and also just to you know do one thing at a time you don't have to try and do everything all at the same yeah. time and have your fingers crossed that you know you're going to be healed just take things kind of step by step whether that's with, you know, um, you know, treat, treat, treating the SIBO or treating the endometriosis or other issues that you have, just take those things kind of step by step. And um, yeah, I think just being being open minded to the treatment and also when things maybe are not going as as you'd hoped, that there is still hope. Maybe yeah. that treatment or that um, protocol you're doing isn't quite right for you, but there is something else that is quite right for you, and that will work. And it just takes yeah. time. Yeah. And I think that's really important because not everyone responds in no. the same way. Some people, antimicrobials are not great for or mm -hmm. antibiotics aren't great. And also die off 
<laughs> die off mm -hmm. makes it feel like it's worse and like you certainly had some very se severe die off when you started taking high dose oregano yeah and you know now we know that you have candida on top of the SIBO, which yeah. they kind of come hand in hand a lot of the time. I think you were dealing with double die off there. Like yeah. your SIBO was dying <laughs> and you were having candida die off. So I think that's also a really important thing for people to think like just because your bloating feels worse or your like symptoms feel worse, that's not a sign it's not working. It's a sign it is. Yeah. The stuff yeah. is dying and it can yeah. be, it can really feel like you kind of have to go through the treatment yeah. test on the other side mm -hmm. and find out because we've seen like your your candida levels have got gotten very low your SIBO at least the methane and the hydrogen is gone mm -hmm. yeah. so it's you have to kind of get to the other side of the treatment to actually observe what's happened yeah um, definitely because I think I don't know like tell tell me if I'm wrong but had you done it without having that knowledge maybe you would have thought it wasn't working and had stopped yeah yeah I think so I think because you are taking things that are meant to be making it better and then you know your symptoms flare up you think well it's not working and yeah. you know it's not for me this is making me worse and it's another week of feeling like that and another week of feeling like that but actually like you said it is the die-off it is you know the the bacteria finding other ways to kind of release itself from your body um but yeah it's just it's just about taking the time and listening to your body and trying different things and yeah. you know you might have to to try you know handfuls of things until you get to the to the point where actually you feel some some relief or actually you might be one of the lucky ones who does you know a very short kind of healing process and you find yourself in a, in a lot better place so i just think that you know these things these things take time and you know if you are experiencing something like a negative reaction actually it's just part of the puzzle to get you to a better place yeah yeah <laughs> totally agree um obviously watch for side effects but mm. um most people will be doing this with a practitioner so um a practitioner can advise them on on side effects that aren't you know aren't die off yeah <laughs> um so well sophie thank you so much for coming on no problem and, thank you yeah, best of luck with the rest of your journey so that's it thank you so much for listening if you want to find out more about what i do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it um you can head to my instagram page which is this underscore endolife um you can head to my website which is www.thisendolife.com and you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website um i've put the link in my show notes it's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. Music.